Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 216 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to GwendolynWomack.com and that is because Gwendolyn is today's very special guest. She is the author of The Memory Painter and the upcoming book The Fortune Teller, which I'm going to assume you haven't read because it hasn't come out yet. It's available for pre-order right now, but I was privileged enough to get an advanced copy of this book, which is so very magical and which is why I am so excited uh, to share Gwen with you here today because she is a writer that I think you all are going to love. The Fortune Teller is a book For tarot lovers, it traces the original tarot deck all the way back through history in this very, it's like a mystery slash love story that is steeped in magic and books and antiques. It's fabulous. Um, So it's a book for those of you who love tarot, but also just like the book nerds here, and I know there are so many book nerds that gather here because like attracts like, and I am a book nerd. Uh, I also want to explain why. Why? Why are we talking to the author of The Fortune Teller in the month that we're here to talk about resistance? That is because I experienced, uh, we'll talk about this in the interview, but I experienced a very strange, hot, flashy uh, bit of resistance myself when The Fortune Teller first cross my path, and I actually had to work through that um, to be able to read the book. It's a very strange thing that happens. So we talk a little bit about that at the beginning of the interview, and then at the end of the interview, Gwen has some really fresh, I think, tips I haven't heard yet about uh, how writers or anybody really with a creative dream that feels really big can work through the resistance that uh, you may feel around that project. I think most writers and creative types that have a really big, what feels important to them dream they're working on, that usually comes with a heavy dose of resistance. So she's got some great tips for that, for working through that, and very fun, light tips. And then the meat of the interview is just talking about Tarot and this awesome book, The Fortune Teller. So Get yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat with Gwendolyn Womack. Hi, Gwen. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes. I'm so excited to have such an amazing author on the show. Uh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you are the word I felt when I wrote to you asking you if you would come on the show and that I actually Mm -hmm. said to you was special. I think you're a very special writer. Thank you. Thank you. You put a lot of heart and detail. I feel the research too that like goes into your writing. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to ask you about your book, The Fortune Teller. 
mm-hmm. which I know my listeners will love because we're all about like tarot and mm-hmm. oracle cards and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, but also your life as a writer. Okay, great. When does the fortune teller come out, by the way? Because I know we're talking about it before the book actually comes out. Right. Uh, the fortune teller is coming out June 6th. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just getting really excited for, for it, looking at the calendar. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited now, too, but I want to kind of give people a little bit of backstory that ties into this whole theme here in March sure. of Resistance. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get a lot of um, publishers and authors uh, sending me, you know, will you read this book? Will you review this book? Will you have mm-hmm. this author on your show? And I don't normally respond because I like to interview people that I'm already a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, but something about your email really struck me, especially the title, The Fortune Teller. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, I feel like everybody would love that because my crowd loves Tarot. Well, mm-hmm. I, I got the book and um, I opened it <laughs> and flipped through just to see what it was all about. Mm-hmm. And um, I literally had a full heat wave, like hot flash of adrenaline shoot through my body. And I Mm -hmm. like threw the book down because there were, there was an element of it that was, um, almost exactly like a a book series I've been working on now since Mm -hmm. 2008. And I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. (laughs) I like had all these thoughts in my head. Like she beat me to it. This is horrifying. Oh my God. She has a publisher all. And I really freaked out. And then I was thinking, um, and I talk about resistance. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that was like a full body resistance. (laughs) And I thought, but I told her I would read it. And I, I like to be a person of my words. So I, Mm -hmm couldn't sleep well that night. Like I had all these, it was mostly just my ego. It was just all right, about, right. about me. <laughs> um, and I, so I decided to just push through, just read the first, you know, chapter or two and see what you think. And it's going to be okay. It exists right. already, whether you reject it or not. So I did. And one, I saw they're completely different stories, which was a right. huge relief to me, but also mm-hmm. you're a very special writer, as I just oh, said. Thank you. And I think it's a testament to your writing that I just had that huge, like, full-body revolt when I saw And I (laughs) pushed through, and then after that, I kind of wrote to you, and you were so lovely and kind. I told you that whole story. Yeah, your email was great. It really was. And, you know, the funny thing was is that very same day, I had seen that The Fortune Teller was, was being mentioned on a... A, a podcast talk about tarot and culture, and and I just clicked on it, and I was listening to a few minutes where uh, the, it hadn't even they hadn't even mentioned my book yet, but they were talking about this other book that had been written years ago that every chapter was a tarot card and and how they loved that idea, and I was thinking, hmm, you know, because my book does that. So I had the exact same feeling that you oh. did, and then you and then you emailed me, and it was just like, no, there's room for the world in the world for all of these stories. You know, it's 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 just the way stories are, you know, and and everyone's a unique uh, teller, and uh, you know, so that was just a, a little bit of synchronicity that you emailed me that very same day, and it was just this kind of great. Uh, you know, don't, you know, and that's where I was coming from. Like, don't worry about it. Oh, you were the (laughs) coolest. You were so nice. And then it's a testament to your writing that I completely forgot about all of that Mm -hmm. and was in the book. Like I was, I was in it. And I, that to me, I'm a big reader. I read all the time and that's the ultimate 
the ultimate feeling to me is just, you know, when you can't wait to pick the book back up because you need to get back into that world. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about, I'm really curious about the research because what happens in this book without giving Mm -hmm. anything away is you travel all through time Mm -hmm. and you tie in what I think is real history with, Mm -hmm. with fiction, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, this, yeah, the story really, it spans about 2000 years and ultimately we're following, um, we're following a tarot deck through time. And so uh, with the idea, there's a lot of different themes in the book. And one of them is about preserving knowledge. And I basically went to ancient libraries and those were kind of like my grounding places. Uh, and I wanted to tell stories surrounding them and how kind of the river of knowledge flows from one place to another through time. Uh, and the, the whole idea of not, not losing knowledge and, and how do we preserve it? And so, you know, it's a, it's a lot of different things wrapped up in the story. It's about intuition, the power of intuition, how it can survive, um, how it can transcend time. And it's about knowledge and memories and, uh, and yeah, and I did, I did really just kind of go, I love to research history and I just went to places I wanted to know about. And then I find all of the things that I find fascinating and I, and I, I try and share them as much as I can and in, in, in weave them into the story. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned synchronicity before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that really interested me that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it reminds me that I need to ask you too about all the different components that are in this book that are very magical. Like how much mm-hmm. of that is you just being a writer and thinking, Oh, this makes for good story. And how much mm-hmm. of it is something that you're actually interested in, in your own personal life? Uh, it's really both. I kind of can't separate any of that. It just all goes together. And when I tend to write, I'm, I'm just very, um, I kind of write in a zone, like a real Zen place. It's, it's a bit like meditating. And I just don't, I, when I'm really writing, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't self-reflect. I don't really like sit on my shoulder and look at what I'm doing and say, no, don't do that. Don't do this. And, you know, I just, I try and just, completely tune out that voice. So, um, you know, that's, that's just my method, how I work. So, um, you know, I just really, it's an intuitive thing. And, and this book really was an intuitive process, even how it all came about, you know, it was was a little bit like feeling in the dark. I knew certain things I knew I wanted to go, um, you know, to world war two. I had this, I had this vision in my head and I knew I wanted to go to the ancient library of Alexandria. And I, you know, I just knew things and I didn't, um, I didn't really question it. I just kind of dived in. Um, and it's the same with, you know, it's a thriller. This book is actually a thriller and a love story and the thriller aspect. I actually started writing it without knowing who my, my antagonist was. And I'd actually never done that before. Whenever I write something, I know all my characters, but I didn't know who similarly our, our main character, who she's up against. And that was kind of crazy on my end to do that, but it just felt like, 
I'll figure it out and, and I'll, and it will kind of unfold as I go. And so I started literally, you know, the text messages, I wrote those without knowing who they were from and uh, yeah. And they just would come to me. I didn't even plan to write them and they just started popping out and I just put them in, you know, and I get chills thinking, okay, you know, who is this person? And I better find out before I get to your scene. And it just kind of really unfolded that way. And it was really a great, it was really a great experience uh, because it's a mystery to kind of solve it as I was writing it, you know, basically. Yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of like jumping off the cliff before you, yeah. before you have your wings. Because, I, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm very, I'm a big believer in you need a good antagonist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the heaviest heavy is your protagonist. Right. You know, so, wow, kudos to you for figuring that out <laughs> as you're, like, following, like, woo, who is this person? Um you know, what's interesting, too, are those, for people that haven't read the book, which is everyone, because it hasn't right. come out yet, it, each, not each chapter, but throughout the book, there are these pages, they're almost blank, but then they just mm-hmm. have these little text messages between mm-hmm. these mysterious people. You don't know who mm-hmm. the text messages are from or to, but I love that touch because the book stretches all the way back to ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just really brings us into the present. And right. I think that's just, even though all throughout you're talking about these forms of communication, really, mm-hmm. and people communicating through, reaching through time to communicate. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, it's really, a, it is a bridge between the present and the past. I mean, our, basically for, you know, people who are wondering, well, what is really the story about in general? Um, just a quick snapshot uh, and our main character, her name's Simile, and she is an ancient manuscripts appraiser. And she lives in New York. She works at a at a at a, a private, uh, uh, basically appraisal house. She she's on assignment in Switzerland, and she finds this ancient manuscript that has been written in the time of Cleopatra, and she begins translating it. And as she does, things really start happening, and. Uh, this manuscript is a lot more than it seems, and we're going back and forth from the manuscript to present day, and it really uh, is this is a is a whole thriller uh, about unraveling the mystery to the world's first um, tarot deck. So um, that's kind of in a nutshell what the book's about, uh, and and yeah, it does really you know because we're jumping in time and we're going back you know in history, and then we're we have this present day story, and and it you know, ties together and, and it has, um, yeah, the text messages. I love that juxtaposition between, you know, you're in an ancient manuscript and then you're also reading text messages. So, uh, yeah, yeah I just, yeah. From papyrus to, to text messages. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. See, I wasn't <laughs> going to tell everybody that it's about the world's first tarot deck because to me, the story unfolds and you don't really know that that's what's, I mean, you have, you suspect, but the Part of the joy for me was just being like, oh, I think that's what this is about. That's where we're going with this. But it, it wasn't, it, that was kind of part of the discovery for me. I described your main character, who I was not pronouncing correctly, Samil is what I, I, I <laughs> stared at that word forever being like, I just had to have a name in my head or mm-hmm. it would be clunky for me. So she was Samil. <laughs> that's cool. No, it could be whatever you want. I mean, Semily. you know. Semily. <laughs> when you read the book, uh-huh. people, it's Semily. Um, but I described her kind of like as a feminine, like um, like from the Da Vinci Code. There's an mm-hmm. element of that where, right. you know, it's taking place 
around these ancient things. And it's a thriller, but um, she's very feminine. And there's a mm-hmm. love story that does not overpower mm-hmm. the main story. I don't think mm-hmm. it overpowers it at all. But um, mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering, you know, I was asking about how much of this infiltrates your personal life because there's mm-hmm. uh, clairvoyance, there's mm-hmm. tarot, mm-hmm. there's past lives, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh I couldn't really, are these like lives touching each other's lives? Are we talking about past lives? I don't know. I feel like your first book is about past lives. I haven't read it, but from what I understand. Yeah, The Memory Painter is my first book, and and it's a a reincarnation thriller, and it is about past lives. Um, This is more about... It, it, I wouldn't say this is past lives. It, uh, you know, definitely there's connection, connections between everything, but uh, in a in a different way. Ancestral um, connections, kind of. Uh, possibly, yeah. Um, so, if that, I think that's one of the things that, you know. Um, yeah, I kind of don't really delve into as as opposed to like you know, well, just let the reader let the reader kind of connect those lives. Uh, Project onto yeah. It. It, yeah. It felt that the manuscript was its own kind of soul to me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, thanks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so do, are these things that you explore like in your own personal life, like clairvoyance and past lives and tarot? Like, does that, are you new agey? Are you woo woo Are you just like, it's just good. It's just good fodder because I know you live in no, LA. I, yeah, no, you know, um, I was, uh, a new ager at a very early age in high school, uh, way back yonder when kind of, it really wasn't even a word. Uh, and I, I love exploring all of this stuff. Uh, and it just, it's what fascinates me and it's what I love to research and read. And I, and I love to take these kind of fantastical ideas and really ground them in reality and give a what if, and it's just what excites me to write about. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, I just find it all fascinating. And I think, um, you know, there's just a lot of magic in the world that, that, you know, makes us feel good. It makes us, you know, and, and there's a lot of what ifs in the world. And, and I just, uh, I like being this explorer, uh, and, and putting it into stories. So mm-hmm. you had, I, I did a little research on you. You wrote a short film called, are you looking? And the description on IMDb is <laughs> It's a group of college kids discover an ancient Aztec mirror and open a doorway to hell. And I was just like, okay, I, I'm like getting the sense of who this woman is because the memory painter, the memory, uh-huh. painter, your first book has a trailer on YouTube and it starts with, what if you could remember every life you've ever lived? Right. So I feel like you're an author who knows yourself. And that I think that's really important for readers. I like, I like authors that are consistent like that because you develop a relationship with them over time and you start looking right. forward to what they're going to release next. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, know what I want to write. Um, and you know, the, are you looking, that's the, the story behind that is, uh, you know, my background is I, uh, I went to college for theater and I was playwriting and then I ended up doing a graduate degree in, um, in directing film and theater. And I, after I graduated, I was writing screenplays. I was focusing on writing feature screenplays and I wrote 
several. And one of them was, and, and I doubt I, I was kind of exploring different genres. I did a lot of supernatural. I did some romantic comedies and, and I did do a few scary ones, which I, you know, I actually was scaring myself at the keyboard and just like, no, can't, can't write the really <laughs> scary stuff. But the mirror one was kind of my dabble at a scary story. And, uh, and this producer had optioned it and then she wanted to make a short film as a commercial for this thing. And so I was just helping her. I, you know, literally that was a very last minute, um, you know, where she sent me this, you know, like pages of the script saying, I really want to shoot this. Can you kind of just, you know, put it together to be a short film. And so I just was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, And I gave that a shot. Um, so yeah, that's, that was years and years ago, uh, which is funny that you mentioned. Well, there's still echoes like the ancient Aztec mirror. I feel like, I feel like the woman who wrote the fortune teller would, would write something with that ancient Aztec mirror in it. And I knew we have this in common. Um, I started out writing poetry and, Mm -hmm. um, and then I wrote screenplays through my Mm -hmm. twenties. I optioned a couple. I love, I knew when I was reading this book. I just knew that you had done that because it has a certain cinematic quality, either that or that you just love movies because it really, uh-huh. it reads like a movie and okay. there's something very concise and tight mm-hmm. about somebody that, that understands structure mm-hmm. in that way that I think makes a fantastic book. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the screen, my, my, my years writing screenplays really did help me with structure and I really me as a as a writer, I don't think I could have really tackled the novel personally before I had gone through all that because I do just have this instinctual sense of narrative and how to help control it. Uh, because you know, novels, I I tend to I call them you know a marathon of of writing because you really go a long way with the novel. It just it takes it's just a density of words and place and experiences. And you just kind of have to harness that into a story that has a shape and, um, and, you know, a narrative drive to it. And so, you know, I really am very thankful for all of those years screenwriting because it helped, it helped me kind of just keep, keep, uh, um, just be able to try and tell these these stories in within uh, within a structure. So yeah, mm-hmm. just in life, I I believe this, but especially in writing, I think structure is freedom in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Especially if you're running a marathon, <laughs> right? And you're just like, if you don't know where you're going, it can get very flabby for yourself and for the reader. So I really appreciate that understanding of structure. I also wanted to mention the part um, I wrote this to you, but I'm going to share it with my readers because I know mm-hmm. they will love that they're um, the Romani. There's a chapter with. Mm-hmm. Um, Gypsies, which is a slur, but some people know them as gypsies. Some people know right. them as the Romani. You are calling mm-hmm. them the Rom, which I had never heard. Is that mm-hmm. historical? Yeah. They were referred to as the Rom. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that chapter made me cry when it was over. And I think you have a knack for, I don't really enjoy typically, not always, it, the writer has to be very skilled for me to want to jump back and forth between different mm-hmm. different stories and different time periods. I find that very 
distracting. You know, it mm-hmm. can be very like, oh, you know, you're right. into this one story and now we're going back over here. You have such a knack for that. That is why I said you were a special writer because you're taking us through all these different lives and these different time periods. And immediately I felt connected to the characters in those stories and I cared about them and I wanted what they wanted Mm -hmm. and I felt um I don't want to give away any parts of the book but I I felt sorry for them you know or sad Mm -hmm. with them I felt Mm -hmm. their feelings and I thought oh my gosh she really is very special that's very hard to do and you did it consistently all all throughout the world war ii stuff was fantastic thank you thanks did you look at that as little, their own little stories, like the stories within the stories? How do you, how did you tap into to those totally different, unique characters throughout time? It's, you know, really it's, uh, the characters just really come to life and you just, um, you just kind of go with it. And I, for me, when I'm, for me, yeah, it is very much a story within a story to where when I'm, when I was writing those chapters, I was really in that world, you know? So it wasn't like I'm thinking about the rest of the book and what's going to happen. It's like that, you know, it's just working to bring that as much to life as possible. Um, so, uh, that's kind of how I work when we're time jumping is, you know, just, immersing within that time and bringing it as much to life as possible. And then going, and and, you know, the transitions again, that's very instinctual. It's like, when's the, when does it, when does the, when do we move into there and how do we get out? And, you know, I love doing it. I, 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 you know, I love, I love trying to bring these times together. It's just uh, one of the things that I enjoy in the storytelling process. Mm -hmm. I like to toward the, as it builds toward the end, there is that tension where we're like leaving some, how did you say her name? Semily? Yeah. Melissa. Semily. Where we're leaving her story and you do feel that momentary frustration, like, wait, no, we want to find out what's happening. But then like, you're like, oh, but this is so interesting too. And it really, I think, um, are you, are you wanting to turn this into a movie? It would be such a great movie. If Hollywood, uh, if Hollywood can handle it, they ruin a lot of books, but if, if they can handle it. Yeah. You know, it'd be fun. It would be fun to see actors take, uh, the book and, and bring it to life on the screen. Um, big or small. I mean, I think that would be, that would be thrilling. Um, the great thing is, is that for me, you know, when I started writing novels, the, the story is is completely told. And so there's a, just a deep sense of satisfaction for that for me. Um, you know, and if, if it were to be adapted, that would just be, um, a fun event and to go see it and enjoy that, uh, adaptation for what, well, however it would turn out and, you know, be kind of being on that side of the table, uh, where I have been in development, I know that's a whole other process and there's a whole other, set of, you know, um, constraints and challenges and all of that in, in bringing, you know, in writing a script. So, you know, I'm, I'm happiest writing novels right now. So, but it would be very cool, you know, if it was adapted. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Well, can we talk a little bit? A lot of people listening are writers. I know this because they write to me <laughs> and, um, <laughs> 
I love my audience. They're very communicative and they're big <laughs> readers. So I hope they'll all go out and can they pre-order the fortune teller right now if they want to? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's up everywhere on all the, the bookseller sites and my website has all the links as well, GwendolynWomack.com. And I'm actually working on a book trailer with um, a, a director. I'm really excited about it. So oh. I'll probably, yeah, next month, hopefully that'll be done. Oh, so we'll yeah. I highly recommend everybody pre-order this now because it's such an amazing summer read. I just can picture you on a beach or in the mountains somewhere on vacation. And it could just take you through an awesome like three-day weekend. Um, so pre-order it, do it, do it now, do it for your summer, do it as an act of self-love for your future self. Um, so, um, but to anybody who wants to write, I know because I have been a writer for so long that almost every single writer I know of as well would agree that resistance is a part of the writing process. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating to me to read about how other writers like work through that. Do you have Mm -hmm. that? Because, um... Woman, I can't feel it in your book. Um, how, how do you move through the resistance if you feel it? Um, for me, I do lots of different things. It's, it's really kind of just creating this really, um, this really, you know, not to sound a new agey, but I like a sacred space to write. And it could be um, you know, finding that one piece of music. Uh, I do this a lot where I just find that one special piece of music and I loop it like for hours. Uh, and so it's just, I get into this hypnotic place where I'm just writing and I'm tuning the world out and I'm tuning into the story. Um, you can, you know, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes just dancing, dancing is great. Dancing at your keyboard, you know, stand up, get a, get a standing desk, um, where you can just start moving as you're writing. And, you know, it's just the idea of creating this, this place, um, a mental, emotional place for you to really, really tune into the story and tune out. Mm. Yeah. You can be as new agey as you want to be here. That's what we are. <laughs> Um, I love that. You know what it reminds me of? It's like you're seducing yourself into reading yeah. and it's yeah. more of like a pull instead of a push. Yes. Like, yes. That's genius. That's genius because so much of it is all these other things pulling you away. Like I really should clean my refrigerator right now. I wonder who's, who's emailing me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And those are just distractions to keep you from going deeper and, you know, uh, sometimes when you're resisting, it's because you don't want to go deep enough into the story. And sometimes all you have to do is just start writing, um, and, you know, light a candle, turn off the lights, write by candlelight with a pen, you know, change it up, like create some magic for yourself to where you're in this great space. And that comes through in the story. You know, those words, are from you to the page and whatever you're doing, whatever you're surrounding yourself as you're writing somehow will make it into the story that those are like sparks of life getting into your story. So, you know, as a writer, you know, bring that magic, uh, with, and that joy and, uh, and, 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 you know, again, I'm guilty too of like, Oh, well, let me check my email real quick and let me, let me jump on there. And, you know, um, but, you know, just, I think it's just a mental muscle that you just, the more you do it and the more you enjoy doing this, this way, 
the, the easier it gets uh, to, to kind of resist the world and tune out all the noise. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that there's kind of a sense of ritual around what you're doing, like looping mm-hmm. the same music. And, mm-hmm. um, I think those things really support us. Like I was saying, um, structure is freedom in a way it's like mm-hmm. support. I think looping music is a genius idea. Um, because it, it's again, it kind of sets you free in a way. Cause there's a, yeah. It's like a mantra or something repetitive like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to think like, what's the next song? And, you know, even those little thoughts, they just take you out of the moment and you're just trying to stay in a moment. Um, so yeah, I, I find that, you know, just finding it usually instrumental music works the best where you're not having to listen to words. It's it's whatever works for everybody, but um, yeah, I love to do that. I mean, my husband thinks I'm nuts. Um, <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, 12 hours later, you're still listening to that same song. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, he knows there's an end product after it all. So yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to, I have to say the standing desk and the mention of dancing because, mm-hmm. um, there's something physical about that instead of just being like, very stagnant and locked up right. in your head. I, I think it probably keeps your energy moving, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's some good advice. I did not expect you to say either of those things. Yeah. Another, another one too is, uh, if you want to do a brainstorming session, um, book a massage and go in there with the intent. You're actually going to brainstorm your story and just close your eyes. You're getting a massage. There's great, you know, usually there's this great, whimsical music playing and, you know, dim lights and, and you're relaxed and your brain can just kind of float away and you can come up with some good ideas, you know? So that's another thing you can do. I, I you know, obviously not all the time because it's expensive, but right, right. you know, pamper yourself and, you know, go with that intent. Um, you know, it's the same as like right before you fall asleep, you know, they say, um, that something you dream up as you're falling asleep for your story will never be cut because it's probably one of your best ideas. Um, and you know, cause writing is really just trying to tap into your own subconscious and, you know, maybe on some level your subconscious has already written this story. Um, I'm actually writing a blog post about writing and intuition. So I'm thinking a lot about this, like how to really talk about it. Um, and, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes on writing is from Ray Bradbury. And he says, uh, your intuition already knows what it wants to write. So get out of your way. And I love that. Uh, so it's the idea that you already know your story. You just have to, you know, pull it out of yourself. Wow, you're a lot more woo-woo than you actually present, lady. I, this, this is such good advice for everyone, not just for writers. I mean, if you have a big problem that you're dealing with that you need an answer to, I feel like the booking the massage thing is a pretty good idea or, you know, getting in touch with your subconscious to make a good decision um, right. for yourself. I feel like that can apply to any number of things. Right. And that's, the, I mean, you know, that's what Tarot is all about, really, is just using the cards to see symbols that are talking to your subconscious, you know? Yes. Um, and, and it all just goes back to that, the power of symbols, the power of the subconscious, the power of your intuition and how we all have that. We all have this ability. Um, you know, obviously the fortune teller takes it on to a fantastical, you know, step further with that idea. But, you know, the idea is that it's just inherent in all of us. So, 
Yes. The, you just reminded me of something at the end of the book. I don't. Will this make it into the actual public copy about um, the woman who gave you your first tarot deck or taught you tarot? What was that? Yeah, one? the the author acknowledgments. Yeah, that's the that'll be in the back of the book. Can you, um, can you yeah. tell us a little bit the story of that? Yeah, you know, my first experience with tarot cards was I was really young. I went to France on a school trip with a group of girls and our French teacher, and she was this really mystical woman. I was in seventh grade, um, and she brought her tarot cards and was reading throughout this whole trip to France, and and I just thought it was just this amazing thing, uh, and Later, I, you know, I was, I was a high, I was in high school and I was just, I was still so fascinated with card reading. And so I got my own deck. I was 16 and I became friends with a, a, a reader. Um, and she taught me how to read. And I remember I got my wisdom teeth out. And, and so I just sat there with, you know, cotton balls stuck in my mouth and my tarot deck and a journal. And I just started writing down what I thought each card meant and my own ideas. And, um, and that's what I did for three days, uh, with my, my, you know, on the couch with my wisdom teeth, um, you know, post-op. And, uh, then I did a little bit of reading in college and I just always had this idea that one day I want to write a story where each chapter is a card. Uh, and I didn't know anything else but that. And that was just like filed away future story. I have to write that. Um, and so after I wrote the memory painter, I was thinking, what's my next book? And it just felt right. It was, it was just came to me. And then the question I knew, I knew my main character and what I wanted her journey to be. And, uh, then it just, a lot of it came through the research of, I really wanted, my goal was to, you know, I researched cards, uh, the history of playing cards and, and I really wanted a card historian to be able to, read this and be like, okay, you know, there's actually all the history of cards is correct. Um, uh, wrapped up in this really fantastical, uh, story. So that, that was kind of, I wanted to marry those two together because, you know, there is the myth. No one knows where tarot cards came from. Um, there is the idea that, uh, you know, that, that happened in, uh, that was proposed in France, um, during the enlightenment that they came from Egypt. And so I wanted to just play on that whole myth. Um, and that was the starting point. Yeah. You did a really good job grounding that in because anybody who gets really into Tarot knows like that whole argument about where right. you come from. And I right. thought, I thought you really did a great job. It, it gave it a sense of grounding to me. And I liked those little touches of history too, just throughout it, that all felt Thank grounding. You. So we yeah. could really like enjoy the magic without getting right. too like, woo out into outer space. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, do you, well, first I'll ask you this. I always end everything here, um, by asking like, what's your one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? But I guess I should first ask you, do you feel like you're living the life of your dreams? Like, are you in love with your life? Is, is being an author the life of your dreams? And if not, uh, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I really feel like, you know, I was a struggling writer for years and years and, um, and I really feel like I'm just figuring it all out. Finally. Um, it's just, things are just gelling and coming together and I'm, and I just feel very, uh, very happy, uh, very content. Um, you know, obviously 
each book is a challenge and you want to, you want to make it as great as you can. And it's so much work and, you know, demands of daily life and all that, you know, all of that is always the same. But, um, I think for me, I just feel this, this, just a, a lot of joy in what I'm doing. And, um, and yeah, that, and I think that's important Mm. for, you know, with, with what, with your passion and whatever you're passionate about is just keep the joy. Um, and don't, don't let, you know, the challenges and frustrations of daily life infringe on that. Yeah. So joy, keep the joy. Yeah. That's your Keep tip. the joy. Yeah. I felt that. I think what you just said too about years as a struggling writer, I think that mm-hmm. has to do with just the kindness that you answer me back. Cause I thought this is like <laughs> the craziest email, but I literally have to write it or I cannot read her book. I cannot read it if I don't write this email. So if she hates me and she thinks I'm crazy, that's okay. I just won't finish the book. But you wrote me right back and you were just so genuine and kind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can't hate her. <laughs> Dang it. I'll read the book. I'm so glad I did. Thank you. I'm so glad you did too. Thanks for having me really. It's, it's a, it's a pleasure. So this is my first talk on the fortune teller. I'm excited. Oh, yay. I hope everybody pre-orders it. I know they will love it. I know they will love it for sure. So please, if you're listening and you like Tarot and you're a book nerd like me, or you just love magical fiction, pre-order this, do yourself a favor. And then when it arrives in June, you're going to be like, Oh, a little present for my past self. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You're great, Joanna. Thank you. Yay. Have a beautiful day. You too. Take Bye. care. Much love, Bye. everybody. Peace.